0: This is Histories of the Unexpected. He's the famous historical adventurer, Dr. Sam Willis. And he's Professor Extraordinaire of Early Modern British History at Plymouth University. He is Professor James Daybell. And we are your hosts for Histories of the Unexpected. Each week we discuss a surprising subject oozing with unexpected historical significance. And this week it's the zebra. Which is all about the history of discovery. It's about the exotic and also taxidermy. (laughs) For me it's about the First World War, camouflage and Picasso. If you like what you hear please leave us a review on iTunes subscribe to the podcast and tell all of your friends. We're on Twitter you can follow me at Dr Sam Willis and you can follow me at James Daybell
1: Proud to be part of the excellent History Hit Network, home of Dan Snow's History
0: Hit and other great shows coming soon. And you can find out more about what we've got planned in the forthcoming months. Show notes, video clips, photos of everything we discuss and much, much more at historyhit.com forward slash unexpected. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14 of Histories of the Unexpected, where we will be audio-googling through history, exploring the history of things that you didn't even know had a significant story to tell, like dreams and dragons. Or, or bears, for example. <laughs> And we'll be following
1: these links in our minds as we come across them, explaining how simply everything has a history, and crucially, how those histories link in unexpected ways. Who knew, for example, Sam, that the history of the wheel is in fact all about the history of reading and the social practices of reading, or that the history of holes is in fact about the history of finding things and mending and, and empire.
0: And empire. Black hole of Calcutta. Black hole of Calcutta. Alice in Wonderland. In fact, everything's about empire or the Reformation. <laughs> and, yeah. holes I recommend oh, okay. the and holes. Sorry. And holes. The man sitting opposite me is the devil of dates. It's Professor James Davell. And the man sitting opposite me is
1: the Behemoth of bygone days. Nice! <laughs> it is Dr. Sam
0: Willis. Together, we will be piloting you on this uncharted, frankly, highly dangerous, unexpected flight into the past. Each week, one of us is going to take the lead. And this week, it's my turn, and I've got an absolute cracker, which I've been wanting to do since we began it. What have you
1: got for us, Sam?
0: Zebras! <laughs> zebras, oh, I knew the
1: day would come when we were dealing with zebras. Okay. Zebras. Yeah, okay. Um, Zebras are all about road safety and taxidermy. (laughs) Okay, I'll start with the taxidermy first. It is all about the stuffing of animals and putting them in Victorian museums in order to draw in the public. Um, Road safety, zebra crossings. Yeah, right. Uh, Quite simply. Um, but more, more. I mean, it, if we if we think about this more broadly, it is about early encounters with such animals, yes. such as zebras, so exploration. Yeah, exploration, it's about Africa, it's about the domestication of such animals, it's about the importation of animals, putting them in zoos, it's about ecology,
0: it's about the development of menageries. Yeah, the taxidermy thing is interesting, isn't it, because if you think of... Uh, what's the most famous or an- well, the most sort of common animal skins it's probably tigers and zebras isn't yep. it yeah yeah and 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 the zebra zebra
1: stripes used for design yeah. as well
0: well that's where i want to go okay see yeah um i was uh very interested in in the history of Zebra because it it, it links to the First World War and to submarines. <laughs> so the first, in, how on
1: earth does it link to those
0: two? Um, basically, so uh, during this period in the First World War, um, this is after the Battle of Jutland. So um, uh, you know, a hundred years ago, it's nineteen, it's twenty sixteen now. You know, 1916, the nineteen sixteen Battle of Jutland was fought. That's why it's in the news at the moment. Um, so after we fight the Germans at Jutland, they don't come out again with their their massive fleet. That stays in the North Sea, and they take to uh, warfare by submarines. So suddenly the nature and and shape of the war completely changes where British merchant seamen have to deal with the underwater threat. Right. So uh, ships are being torpedoed all the time, and they didn't know what to do about it. They completely panicked. And one of the solutions was proposed by a zoologist called John Graham Kerr. Now, he studied... Uh, he was really interested in animal patterns and he studied zebras, giraffes and cheetahs and they have very unique types of camouflage. And what he did, believe it or not, was actually um, he suggested in writing to uh, Winston Churchill, believe it or not, that, um, that the, the Royal Navy should harness uh, this, this way of disguising themselves and use it on their ships. Here's a bit of his letter. It's essential to break up the regularity of outline of a ship, and this can easily be affected by strongly contrasting shades. The same applies to the surface generally. A continuous uniform shade renders conspicuous. This can be counteracted by breaking up the surface by violently contrasting pigments. A giraffe or zebra or jaguar looks extraordinarily conspicuous in a museum, but in nature, when not moving, is wonderfully difficult to pick up, especially at twilight. The same principle could be made ...use of in painting ships. So that was the proposal, and rather wonderfully, it was adopted. Oh, my goodness me. So, that is... Describe that. Absolutely incredible. Well,
1: it look, how many ships have we got there? It <laughs> is, it's it's the side of one ship, but you just... But it's painted in zigzagging stripe, black and white stripe lines... ...so that you get the sense that there are multiple ships there... ...that there are different sort of perspectives... So that what would what would appear normally flat and be an easy target to get would presumably just put you off yeah. completely.
0: That it's is a, a, a Trompe I mean, it's 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 art, art art designed to to confuse and to, yeah. to somehow be devious. Um, this bit's interesting. That's a, a fake bow wave. Mm. So um, there are other that that was used a lot in. Um, it's called dazzle camouflage, uh, and so what they do is they break it. It's, it, it's not to make it look invisible. The purpose of it was to break up the outline of a ship so that when uh, German U-boat captains were sighting their prey through periscopes, yeah. they couldn't quite work out which direction the ship was going, how big the ship was, or or, or its course, which made it more difficult to target. So that's an example of um, a black and white uh, zebra stripes, but they did all sorts of other things. Look at this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What looks like a sort of bizarre worm going along the zigzag worm going along the side of it, okay. So, um, extraordinary,
0: yeah. Um, what how does that ring a bell in terms of modern art? Yeah, I mean, early 20th century, yeah, because uh, actually, what happened is that the cubists and people like Picasso got involved and said, Actually, we invented this. And so, for a period at the beginning of the 20th century, the um, a number of uh, ships in from navies all over the world were basically painted in the most staggering colours and, and patterns. This isn't a, is this a warship? That's a warship, yes, yeah.
1: That's a warship. That's
0: a warship. And uh, it looks like it's been painted by Picasso. Yes. Um, so th- what's wonderful about this, of course, is that it, is it, it they used nature to affect their ideas of camouflage, and then they, they applied it. But even but, now, we don't really know if it worked or not.
1: I'm, and I'm imagining now it wouldn't. Because you t- you simply lock on with a yeah you lock on and then you press a button and it would something would just sort of automatically blow it up.
0: But what we do know about this, uh, which is where I'm going to go with it in a minute, which is absolutely wonderful, is that the sailors all believed that it worked. Ah. Uh, so I, in a while, I'm going. To, I think I'm going to talk about the history of clinical trials. So, it, placebo so, so placebo. I was going to say
1: it's a it's, it's it's a sort of military placebo. It is as, soon, as long as you feel safe, you're not going to. Leave a, leave the ship or desert.
0: So zebras to World War I to placebos. That's my that's <laughs> that's my zebra. Goodness zebra me. Interview. Are we are we
1: going to come to that in a little bit?
0: We'll come to that in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So when I'm thinking of
1: zebras, I'm thinking about the understanding of zebras, the first discovery uh, of zebras. Certainly, certainly the discovery and and awareness of the zebras in the West, for example. Um, so I suppose what we're what we're thinking of here is. Um encounters or interactions with with Africa citing sort of strange beasts and the description uh, yeah. of of such beasts. I've got an so they must come come very very early on it comes pretty it comes pretty early on. One of the first examples that we have in print is from the late sixteenth century. And you can see this this example here. It looks a little bit like a sort of um, stripey My Little Pony. It does. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought I thought for a moment that this was a unicorn's horn, but in fact, I think those are those are ears. But we've got a sort of very sort of a black and white horse-striped uh, picture depicted in a in a woodcut yep. uh, here, and then printed. And it appears in a book printed in 1597 entitled A Report of the Kingdom of Congo. A region of Africa uh, and of the countries that border round about the same, besides the description of diverse plants, fishes, beasts, etc. And in this, we have the description of a zebra. And I'll just read you a little tiny extract of this. There breedeth likewise in this country another creature which they call a zebra, commonly found also in certain provinces of Barbary and Africa, which, although it be altogether made like a great mule, yet is not a mule indeed, for it beareth young ones. It hath the most singular skin. I mean, that's probably one of the most striking things that we can that we can think about. Um, it is straked with rows of three colours, black, white and brown bay, about the breadth of three fingers apiece, and so meet again together in a circle, every row with its own colour. And then it goes on to say a little bit more about the head and the mane and the neck. The tail is like the tail of a mule, of a moral colour. Um, but yet it is well-coloured and hath a glistering gloss. And then it talks about, in so much as in Portingale, Portugal, and in Castile also, it is commonly used, as it were, for a proverb, as swift as a zebra, hmm. uh, when they will signify an exceeding quickness. These creatures are all wild, they breed every year, and they're in such abundance that they are now innumerable. You know, so we're talking about one time, you know, these... Wild animals were everywhere. You think about that in relation today, whether whether you know certain um, certain species of zebra are are protected and are and are on 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 the decline. Um, if they were made tame, they would serve to run and draw for the wars and for many other good uses, as well as the best horses that are. So, Mother Nature seemeth to have sufficiently provided in every country for the commodity and necessity of the same. So even, even in the late 16th century, we're talking about encounters with these. We're also talking about the domesticisation. Yeah. And what, what's interesting here, what runs through both our examples, is you're talking about the application for military purposes in terms of the pattern and the stripes. What, what they're talking about here is the application for military purposes as well in order to convey and carry operate rather like a horse yes
0: and yeah, trying to there's another photograph I came across which is absolutely wonderful um which is not what you'd expect <laughs> <laughs> oh my word we have here a we have here a photograph
1: this is utterly bizarre we have a a man um in a what looks like a pit helmet uh, and leather boots sitting on a saddle uh <laughs> Show jumping a zebra. (laughs) And the zebra has a has a harness on and
0: reins. The the picture gets weirder and weirder the more you look at that. The uh, he's show jumping it over a jump, which is supported by two rather unfortunate people, rather than having actual supports. There are two I don't you know, people who have been made to hold a pole. Goodness me. Um What I like about this is is it's um he looks nervous, he's leaning back a lot. And the 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 whole thing looks slightly out of control, and uh, they it it shows people you know trying to harness Severus, trying to uh, make use of them militarily. Essentially, yeah. um, they, they were very good because they were. Um, had kind of natural protection against diseases. Yeah. So if we turn up with horses, which we brought from here, they wouldn't work so much. So they tried to uh, to use them uh, for military purposes. So in, in
1: Africa, they, yeah, would, yeah. They, would, they, would, they would domesticate them.
0: Exactly. Um, so they gave up on that, but then they became... Why, why did they give
1: up on, on
0: uh, but that couldn't they, they couldn't do it. They, they found, right. um, they're very difficult to, to train, very good for break. They startle very quickly. Right. So actually, they're no good at all. All they're good at are, are looking ridiculous. Yeah, um, and it, look, this is a wonderful picture. So um, here we have a uh, a horse and well, oh, it's not a horse and trap; it's four zebras in a That looks
1: utterly odd. There's it is nothing. utterly,
0: utterly odd, um, but very kind of classic Victorian uh, image of um, people in in relation to the natural world and in relation to. Um, exotic animals. There was a yep. real a real a mm. trend for it in the mid-Victorian period. Mm. And um, this is Lord Rothschild. Ah. Of so, tr- Museum. Of Museum, frame. Yep. so So um, very wealthy, very influential man. Um, and it was it was a a matter of, of kind of displaying your interest and passion for the natural world by having menagerie and Kangaroos were important in in that because they looked odd, they looked exotic, and of course zebras.
1: So it's about having these sort of odd, strange creatures that people could come and look at. I mean, a similar history of, of lions or tigers mm. that people would keep. I mean, that the the history of the zoo or the menagerie goes back has a sort of back to classical antiquity, uh, back to um, ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Elizabeth I, you know, had a had a menagerie. Where did she uh, keep it? Was people, that the but, Tower I of think The Tower, yes. Yes, and, and you can follow this through to. Wasn't she given a polar bear, or was Henry VIII
0: someone was given a polar bear?
1: My Tudor knowledge little. of <laughs> bizarre creatures. The Lyle letters. There's these wonderful letters in the 1530s are full of gifts. Uh, we've had an earlier earlier podcast on gifts, but there were all sorts of bizarre things that were animals that were given that were given to people, not just dogs and spaniels, but but all sorts of that. Unless my my memory fails me, I, a porpoise or something like that was yeah. was gifted. <laughs> Uh, somebody will, will no doubt um, email us and tell us that I'm completely wrong there.
0: But I mean, the, the key thing here is, is um it's 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 the relationship between humans and animals in terms of keeping them for display or for ownership and sharing them, allowing other people to view them. Rothschild was, was really important in the history of museums because he wanted everyone to be able to come and see them for free. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, this at the same time, the British Museum was in theory open to everyone, but in practice you couldn't go because it was only open between ten and four, so you most basically, people would be working most people would be working yep. um so e- even though the ideas behind it were, were good and very open for everyone didn 't actually work in practice. Is this also about
1: aristocratic eccentricity yes, absolutely as well? yeah you know it's about it's about standing out yeah it's about having the, something that's bizarre and exotic I mean the first zebra that came to England is George the Third, okay. I think, uh, which is Queen Charlotte, his wife's zebra, um, which is famously painted uh, by George Stubbs, um, and I think famous for his horse paintings. Famous for his famous for his horse paintings, and we have a, an example of it here. <laughs> ah, that's lovely. Um, which is in the uh, Yale Center for British art. So what dates that? Uh, That is about mid-18th century, uh, so 1763. Mm. um, And it was painted for uh, a couple of friends of his, William and John Hunter, who were Scottish uh, anatomists. Uh, And it represents uh, one of the first um, zebras brought from South Africa in 1762 by Sir Thomas Adams, uh, who's a naval officer who mm-hmm. gives it as a gift to queen charlotte ah. uh and it went into the menagerie at buckingham palace again we're back to our themes about gifts yeah. you know what what does it mean to give somebody a gift of a
0: zebra i mean that suddenly um something struck me there about someone um yes um so 30 uh, mid mid 13th century chinese voyages they get a giraffe and from africa and then they bring it back to China. They actually managed to get a giraffe on a ship and then said it all the way back because no one had ever seen a giraffe. They had no idea what it was doing. So uh, that's the same principle. And it's obviously, obviously, um, you know, a very common one. Which brings us to the stuffing ha! of zebras. Okay.
1: Uh, and Tring Museum, uh, which is Rothschild's museum, has a hybrid zebra horse foal oh. um, that, is, that is stuffed and that is available to be viewed by all. And it is about, it's about the sort of spectacle of these, of these items. Um, our local museum in Exeter, Ram, uh, has a giraffe, stuffed giraffe. And there was a time when every museum in the country had these, had these kinds of things. Um, you know, whether it'd be a stuffed elephant, you know, it, they were the kinds of attractions that you put in a museum for people to come in. A lot of museums of late have got rid of all of those things. You know, they're not the kind of thing that you keep on display. I wonder where they went. It's <laughs> a, 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 a big warehouse second, in London hand, somewhere. Second-hand second market. I imagine they're just destroyed. Yeah. So what, what do you do with a, you know... Stuff zebra. Our, our, our dinosaur has gone missing. You know, or, or a dinosaur or zebra has gone missing. Um, but it's one of the things that RAM actually made... That's the Royal of Royal Albert Memorial Museum, Museum in Exeter. It made a point of keeping... Because what they wanted at the heart of the of of a modern museum, and it's a wonderful museum. You should all, when you're in Exeter, you should all go and visit it. Um, a quick plug for our local institution <laughs> there. Um, but at the heart of what they wanted to achieve was effectively a Victorian museum yeah. that they then that they then built onto. Warts and all. Warts and all. Which of course links us to Walter Potter. <laughs> Who is Walter Potter? And his collections of. Curiosities. Uh, now, yes. Now, what do we have here?
0: That's really weird.
1: <laughs> it, is, it is weird. It's,
0: it's a schoolroom of stuffed rabbits. Yeah. So the, the, the Victorian <laughs> taxidermist, Walter Potter,
1: collected all sorts... It is absolutely weird, isn't it? Yeah. Collected all sorts of everyday animals, hamsters, cats, rabbits, or... and then had them put in real-life situations so they would be in as we see here a schoolroom a school of rabbits uh being taught by a rabbit and the whole thing <laughs> has been was was sort of was sold the whole collection was sold off and bought by 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 various celebrities harry hill i think bought okay. bought a collection uh or certain items of this I mean collection. to our,
0: our mind that that's kind of that's wonderfully eccentric and funny and, yes. and and a bit weird and a bit creepy i wonder if that's how everyone else reacted to it
1: I think it would have I think it would have been, you know, very eccentric even at the time. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the point of it. Yeah. It's this sort of wonderful sort of hotchpots of curiosities.
0: I mean, and you know, to, to stuff an animal, you've got to kill it first. <laughs> that's the that's one of the major differences. They obviously didn't have a problem with that in the Victorian period. But I mean, one of the one of the it reminds me of something I came across years ago um, and I was reading some uh, ship's logs from the 1780s and it was someone in the Pacific, near the Galapagos, and there was a captain who finds a, 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 an unusual bird flying above his ship, and he describes it in minute detail, and never seen anything like it, measurements, does all this sort of stuff, and said, you know, very excited to see this, this, this unique bird flying above us. Tasted terrible. <laughs> 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 which was the most important information that he could impart having murdered it
1: <laughs> and I suppose, and and if we think about if we think about this nowadays you know we're looking at zebras that are that are protected yes you know the and and the conservation that is involved in that the history of that the, the development of that uh i think it is particularly important and there have been examples recently of of trophy hunters you know people who you know rich westerners who go to africa and pay money to hunt the these individuals mm. uh these individual you know wild animals uh and you can you just google um and google images will just throw you up a range of people you know who are you know who who sort of parade and glorify in their in their their hunting expertise which of course links us to Back to where we began about the 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 the, the skin, the, and the trade, natural camouflage, the trade, yeah. the trade in this, the natural. Cam- well,
0: actually, I think it means that the, the zebra is a particularly prized piece yeah. because of, because of its natural camouflage, because it's difficult to see, because it's difficult to target, um, and that brings me back to this this idea of um, you know we were talking about uh, uh, sailors being pleased that they were in ships that were painted like zebras essentially they it, it made them feel better about it they 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 got a measure of security in their stripes so it'd be nice to actually be able to talk to a zebra to see if it felt secure um but it does it, we need johnny morris it, it links to the this, this question of the placebo of course now the placebo is something which has a wonderfully long history and it's basically it's a it's it's a a, a a medicine that isn't a medicine that makes you feel better because you've taken it um which links us to the question of clinical trials because with cl- proper clinical trials modern clinical trials you have to have a control group yes and the control group is often given a placebo or you know there's some way of working out whether the whether the medicine that you're giving a group of people actually works and um this this whole question of um of i don't know human Experiment experimentation, placebos has got a, a really important history. And I, I remember reading Peeps' diary a long time ago, and he has a wonderful quote where he um here we are. Samuel Peeps documents an experiment involving a paid subject. This is the first recorded example of a of a of a, of a, a paid subject being used in a medical experiment. This is in 1667. Uh, he noted that the local college had hired a poor and debauched man to have some sheep blood let into his body oh,
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Grim. So, really grim really grim <laughs> which of course I mean, there's no
1: connection here at all, but back to, <laughs> back, back to where we which is one of the one of the quirks of, yeah. of, of of unexpected histories. The other route that we can take this down is of course road safety, okay, and the use. You know, again, we've got the use of the zebra crossing, yeah, um, and the the importance of the, I suppose, the clearness, the clarity of it, the, the visibility of it, to actually mark <clears throat> mark out where people should cross roads. Which, of course, is connected to That's the, the rise of, of mm-hmm. the rise of the of the of the car of transport, mm-hmm. um, tarmac, and tarmac, and this is sort of, I suppose, post post World War Two. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking at sort of nineteen nineteen forties here. And the and the design of the of the zebra crossing and probably the most famous zebra crossing in history uh, Beatles. is yep. the Beatles and Abbey Road. Yes, there they are striding
0: across it. One of the greatest uh, Beatles albums. Do you know what? I'm just looking at that now, and it's a really odd zebra crossing. Is that a strange photograph of it? It looks
1: like. I think they've marked it in. It looks like a, almost like a keyboard, doesn't it? A piano yeah. keyboard, uh, yeah, almost.
0: That's... So there we go. Well, um, that was a romp through history. We've done... Zebras to the Beatles via... Taxidermy And, and placebos and placebos.
1: <laughs> Absolutely extra and menageries.
0: And menageries and, and, and stuffed, eccentricity.
1: Stuffed rats. Yes. Stuffed rabbits. Uh, stuffed cats. And camouflage and U-boats. And a hybrid
0: zebra horse foal See, I, I knew zebras was worth doing. This it is was. this is this is proof that the, the zebra is a door into history. We were there quite simply riding by the seat of our food. <laughs> a striking, <throughout> <laughs> door into history that we didn't know anything about. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. As always you're the most important member of this podcast so please get in touch with your wonderful zebra related stories i'm sure you've got lots of them Um, and also with suggestions for future podcasts but that's all for now so thank you very much bye bye